0: Welcome back to another episode of The Last Picture. This episode is recorded at Locadia Photoworks in Encinitas, California. Locadia Photoworks is available for rental. It's equipped with a cyclorama and also with all sorts of equipment for your photo shoot needs. Check us out on the internet at locadiaphotoworks.com and Instagram at locadiaphotoworks.
1: If you already are a tattoo lover or you need a tattoo covered up, it's important that you choose some tattoo artists that are true and talented artists. You can't just go anywhere because tattoos are on your body forever. You need to check out Allegory Tattoo down in Normal Heights on El Cajon Boulevard. Um, I recommend you go see Pete and Narnia. They're talented and creative artists who only do custom tattoo work. And they can take your ideas and form it into a even better idea And create some beautiful custom work on your
0: skin. Check them out at allegorytattoo.com. This episode is also brought to you by Steel Realty. It's a boutique real estate agency located in Cardiff, California. Um, They're local experts at real estate. And their goal is simple, to make their clients happy. Pat, Betty, and Cody will take great care of you. So make sure to check them out on the internet at Realty steel com. Make sure to give them a call so you can have the best experience possible when you're buying or selling your next home.
1: Today was a first for us. We got to speak to two photographers. We talked to photographer, videographer, and creative producer, Chris Hirschman, and photographer and videographer, Mackenzie Hansen.
0: Chris and Mackenzie were kind enough to stop by and do the podcast with us. They're out here from Chicago for the Switchfoot Bro-Am concert. And it was so great to meet them for the first time and to have them sit down with us. Uh, our talk was was a lot of fun. I got a lot out of it. I walked away feeling inspired. Loved hearing about... Their lives as creative producers and all the stuff that they're doing right now.
1: Yeah, they talked about how they use photography and videography to do creative content for their clients. Um, but we also touched on other aspects of being a creative person, such as um, you know facing fear and pushing through it. Um, Trying new things. Um, yeah,
0: Chris was quite clear and inspiring. He's done a lot in his young years. He's under 30 age. I'm so excited that we got to meet them. They are wonderful people and um, pretty much couldn't have gone better. They seemed really stoked to share their insights
1: on working in videography and photography.
0: Yeah, they wear a lot of hats. So just to say that they're creatives is um, a great way to start because... They do a lot of different things and are wearing a lot of different hats in the creative industry these days. It was uh, a true joy to get to talk with them for an hour. Yeah, I'm excited. We made two new friends, and I really like them a lot. So you can check out some of their work on Instagram. You can find Chris at chrishirschman.com and his uh, on Instagram at Chris Hirschman. And uh, you can find Mackenzie at it's Kenzie Jean. That's I-T-S-K-E-N-Z-I-E J-E-A-N. Remember to check us out on the internet at thelastpicturepodcast.com and find us across social media at last picture pod. We're on Instagram and on Twitter. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and we would love it if you feel like giving us a review. If you like our podcast, five-star reviews are how podcasts survive in the podcast world. So we would love a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's another day and we're hanging out talking to photographers. It's not so bad. This is The Last Picture, a podcast not just about photography.
1: Because sometimes the coolest part about being a photographer are the stories behind the shot and the adventures that get you there. Um. Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming in, especially, you know, since you're just in town for a few days
0: and you're here from Chicago, so... yeah thanks for spending your morning with us yeah taking the time
2: thanks for having us
1: it's
0: really
3: great to be here
1: um i probably know um know most about you from from being the switchfoot photographer so and then when you shot in here and then you know i follow you on instagram so oh same so oh thank you so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited that you accepted my invitation to come in and then you brought in mackenzie hansen your fellow photographer and um so Mackenzie, are you mostly a still photographer? Are you guys all videographers too?
3: Or um, I think all of us do a good combination of both photography and videography filmmaking. Um, I started out doing mainly photography, and I do a lot of film work with Chris. So it's a it's a good combination of both. We enjoy it all.
2: Yeah, yeah. The video takes a team, you know. Like okay. when you're shooting stills, you know, you could fly you and maybe someone else, but you start you know, going into video and then you need a whole team. So, you know, basically turn a bunch of photographers into filmmakers back in Chicago. <laughs> and, you know, we all work on it together. That's
0: great. And so how long has this team been together doing video?
2: Um, you know, I'm, I met McKinsey two years ago when, um, Switchfoot right. was touring in, um, maybe three years ago. So we, we met in, um, uh, Minnesota where she lives and, um, i was i was touring as like the photographer and um one of her photos was the one that uh john the singer had decided to post nice. uh, on like his instagram and not chris's photo so oh.
0: that's <laughs> the, the yeah. distinction I was noticed. how he
2: how
3: he noticed who i was right, who, <laughs> the,
2: who the heck beat me to it um, and so I was like, Oh, she shoots Nikon. Okay, good. All right. So <laughs> I didn't feel some, I wasn't so mad.
1: Are you going to be mad at us that, or mad at me that I shoot Canon? No, no, no.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm,
0: we'll get over it. I'm yeah. team Nikon. Don't worry.
1: I'm team okay. whatever lenses I had when I bought my camera. Ah,
2: and- uh, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so our, our team, you know, and Riley's sitting with us in the room today too is uh, Riley Phillips and he's just um, uh, an amazing audio engineer. He's 21. He's from Nashville. And you know she's from Minnesota, so we all kind of got together and um, started knocking off some of these you know larger video jobs that needed you know a big team of people. But I wouldn't say that we ha- actively have like a company or anything. It's just uh, all of us working together.
3: Yeah, I would. I would agree. I think we started in around 2015 with like a whole team of people just collaborating, um, individual freelancers just coming together on these bigger projects for companies or brands or bands and, uh, working together. But it's just been this past year that, um, that we've kind of been operating more so as a company, but not under like any company name. And it's just been really awesome that we've been able to like be on the same page about things and like have the same goals with photography and video.
2: If I, if I may add, it seems a little bit like what you guys have going on here, you know, Donald Morelli owns studio, you guys, what, what is it you guys? uh, Lucadia
0: PhotoWorks.
2: But like your, your part in. Yeah. It's like a
0: collective or. Yeah.
1: I've done, you know, Teresa and I team up all the time on projects, photo shoots Mm -hmm. um, that we get separately, but we're each other's, you know, and
0: we've worked with a lot of other photographers in, you know, within the group and. She'll go work with one person and I'll go work with someone else. And, you know, Greg and Dawn will work together. And, and so it's like, kind of like a support system and yeah, uh, I, we end up helping each other. And I love working yeah, in a, in a
1: group. Actually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's basically the same setup that we got.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm um, assuming you guys are out here to shoot the
0: annual bro am. Yeah. Um, and then this, so how many years is, have is, will this be for you?
2: Uh, this is only my second year. Oh. Yeah. So I'm. Okay. Last year, I just threw myself into in into San Diego. And I was like, I'm going to give San Diego and Los Angeles a year, see what happens. And um, you gave it a year. Yeah, I gave it a year and went back to Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- things with the band had kind of ended and um, some new chapters were opening up in Chicago with clients that wanted to do a lot of video work. And so I was like, well. Let's go back. Let's go where people are calling. Yeah. Know? So, um and I'd that, like to return, but
0: And that's your hometown?
2: Uh Northwest Indiana.
0: Okay. Yeah, you moved out there when you were young, right? Just like out of high school, hit out the road. Out of high road.
2: school. Yeah, I was I was 19. I was 19 when I moved to the city of Chicago. And um that was good, but it, this is her first prom and Riley, mm-hmm. so it's their first prom.
3: Is it your first time out to Encinitas? Yeah, this is my first time here. Last time I came to California was about a month ago, and we were in LA. And it's so much different down here. Just a different culture, and it's just so cute. All the houses and
0: we want to keep it that way. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody about it.
2: (laughs) This place is awful. Don't move here.
3: (laughs) It's horrible.
2: Come
1: on. (laughs) Yeah, we like to think we're different than LA, but Teresa and I do have an appreciation for LA. Like yeah, it's like cool stuff up there if you can Definitely. find it.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you guys um, all geared up, ready to go? Do you have to like do like mind mapping for before you get out there? Or
2: How about do you do
0: what mind you guys-
3: mapping? <laughs> mind mapping. Well, what we, is have, that, right? <laughs> we have like a couple pre-production days where we'll just like sit down and plan out the day and just really talk about each other's different roles in Broam and like where we need to be, when, what we need to pack, um, and how we need to coordinate that. I bet Chris probably has a little bit more about, I mean, mind mapping, maybe not so much, but like team mapping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a
0: loose, you know, yeah, term right, for planning. Right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we do our own version of mind mapping, you know, <laughs> Yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we came in town a week ahead of time to just prepare. Okay. You know, and like just live here for a little bit, and to just kind of um, go chase down all the different people that are locals that are part of our production, meet with them, mm-hmm. and like we're going out to Fallbrook here, and um, when we're done here, um, well, we're gonna pass by Escondido and get some TJ's Tacos. I don't know if you've ever had TJ's Tacos. No, it's insane. Um, but we're gonna go to Escond or Fall- uh, Fallbrook and meet some drone pilots who are flying with us and part of our team. Cool. And um, there's a gentleman there who is a flight instructor who we go up and we take lessons with when we're Mm. here. So we we fly plane up to the coast and... Whoa. It's kind of like every time we come to San Diego now. This, this would be our third or fourth flight with him. And
3: wow! You fly in my first a
1: plane.
2: Yeah, a like plane,
0: not yeah. a drone. A yeah. Plane. So you guys have your pilot licenses, or you guys are just oh no. hop on board. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, it, well, you know, if you're flying with a flight instructor, you know, there's two sets of controls. So you know, you can sit and operate the plane, and he's just kind of chilling there, and he'll tell you what to do. And uh-huh. it, so
1: you're not actually be working. That this is just a fun extra. Bonus to coming out here.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's how we got a hold of the drone people. Is we were, you know, uh, hanging around airports and and stuff like that. They were like, oh yeah, we've got we teach drone classes and stuff. So,
0: Um, I always love those aerial shots, like of the concert and stuff, because there's five bazillion people, and it just looks so amazing, right on perched right on the ocean, and yeah, they're really cool shots. Mm -hmm. Drone, drone is has opened such a crazy world of imagery
2: it has have you have you flown some
0: no I never have but I just appreciate the the imagery you know and sometimes it takes a little while to process what it is and you forget that you know Mm. that work is so common these days with everyone getting into it and um, just the different viewpoint you know the bird's eye
2: I'm excited about what Drone has done. I think, uh, you know, for the video world, we we have our opinions on what Drone, you know, has done. <laughs> oh, we like it and l- we love and hate it at the same time, you know?
0: No, I, I definitely want to disclose that I kind of can't stand them because <laughs> they're so loud. Like if someone could make um, like a soundless one, I think it would be cool. But you always like look over your shoulder and you're like, what is that? And you realize it's a drone. It's kind of sounds like a lawnmower or yeah. something.
2: <laughs> well, this is actually, um, if we take a small side story uh, related no, please, to that, yeah. um, as you, you guys being locals probably know about the weather balloons here off of yeah. the, the coast off D street. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they have lights on them at night. Yeah. <laughs> And so there was this time I was going over to Swami's to meet some friends, and we all saw these three <laughs> triangular lights in the sky, and we were dead set on that being
0: An alien. a UFO. Oh, I
2: yeah.
1: think I've seen those. Many, I, many
0: people have had the same. A
1: few thought. times I've had those moments where I think, is this really Is this a UFO this time? You know, you have that. Yeah. I get so excited. I really hope someday that I really get to see it.
2: I, I hope so too. Um, <laughs> That'd be really cool. But we chased it down. We like you we, did? we got in the car and we were like, where the heck is this thing? And so we we went to this dude's house and he was like pulling it down. He's like, come on, you kids.
0: That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I think that that's a common that's happened before. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we
1: were talking about how you seem to find what you love to do quite at like quite a young age and you've accomplished a lot for being still quite young. <laughs> um yeah it's impressive thank you um and a lot of it, it was based on your love for music yeah. so why why music
2: um I think I think the more you know me I'm just like a fidgeter I just like I'm always trying to fill my time and I if I'm bored I just go off and do something and I think a lot of whatever I'm doing or accomplishing a lot has just been from me, like being bored maybe, <laughs> or like having to move like a shark, You're you know, like, like a shark, if it stops swimming, it just, you know, dies. Is that know, like in, is or, type, that type
1: A personality yeah. sort of? Yeah. It's, not, it it's not creative is. energy? You, you need to get um,
2: out? You know, I, I think, I think uh, a lot of people get in trouble you know, if they don't have good things to do, uh, I found a way to do creative things and and found creativity as an outlet for my personality. So music was something that I could spend a lot of time practicing and just occupy my time growing up. And then um, when I got older, I was like, I want to go, I want to go play in these bands and go tour. And then I did my first tour at like 18. And I was like, I gotta, this is it. I gotta go, (laughs) I gotta go on tour. And then That um, turned into, um, you know, when photography got to the point where it seemed a little more professional and not just like I was playing around with my camera. I was able to convince bands to let me go on the road with them. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, then that turned into helping bands. And so now I live in this world where I um, don't necessarily play music a lot, but I help um, musicians and I help the music industry with the video content. And so.
1: You mean you help with. Being promoting them.
2: Yeah. Promoting them or helping them brand themselves and just create an identity, you know, because when a band is done making a record, that's 12 songs. Great. But you've got a whole year of content you've got to build around those 12 songs, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't think about that. They don't realize that a lot of the content um, you'll make more content than your actual record as a band, you know, like. And it's important to think about how that stuff's coming off and not just your records, so
1: yeah, I, I don't mean, know how
2: I got to this point, but there
1: do you feel like um when you help them with you know you shoot their videos and with their branding, are you talking to them about social media and the whole picture or are they i mean are you concerned about the entire marketing package
2: or you know it depends on the level of band, you know some bands. Um, have somebody who's just like, I need to make this post. I need a photo of this. And they kind of put you on a photo assignment Uh, for smaller bands. I, I kind of help them come up with the content and the ideas and, and really help drive the strategy. Yeah.
0: So is that your kind of that an explanation of your title of creative producer or beyond
2: that? I think so. I mean, I, that's why I like, I'm a photographer and filmmaker, I guess, But all of that goes into like, um, that's just a more simplified way of saying I do a lot of things with a camera that will help bands, you know, that will help music, musicians, companies, brands, you know, um, Mm -hmm. just overall marketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So a creative producer just felt like a good role. I like it. Good tag. I
1: like that, I like that title.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, I totally. I mean, one of the reasons uh, I was attracted to your work too is, besides it being really good, um, is that I'm also been shooting music recently, just out of passion. Mostly, it's um, it's like I, it's a recently discovered interest. I mean, I was into music, and then life and babies and things just kind of cut you off from the world, and then. Realize I had a passion for it. And so I recently got to go on a tour, a small tour, and it was really like, oh man, if I could do this all the time, obviously yeah. doesn't, doesn't fit into my lifestyle to do that all the time. Yeah. My life, I mean, but, um, but I always hope, okay, if I keep plugging away at this, maybe at some point there will be bands that have money that pay you to do things. Is that they're out there?
2: <laughs> yeah, they're out there. Labels help too. Labels. You yeah. Know. Um, but yeah, being tight with a band and, you know, here's where I got with it all, to be honest. And this is a big reason why I moved back to Chicago is like I was traveling with a band and at the end of the day I was maintaining what they had already started, but I wasn't the reason they were there and it felt great, but it also felt like I was kind of maybe taking a spotlight where, you know, it's like, there doesn't really need to be a spotlight on what I'm doing. What I would rather do is go back to Chicago, take what I learned And help a band um, blow up and get on the touring circuit. And then travel with them knowing that I had a big helping hand in getting them to where they wanted to be. So Mm -hmm. over time, I was like, this is fun. This is fantastic. But when I walk away from it, it's just like I I got nothing. Mm -hmm. you know. So I'd rather invest in bands. I'd rather have some equity in what I'm doing. And those are the kind of opportunities I'm looking for now.
1: Yeah, you don't really just... uh, you don't settle. You don't just like get to a comfortable spot and stop. You just keep moving forward.
2: No. Yeah. And it was really comfortable. Those buses have really nice, you know, <laughs> Yeah. and I'm like, do I really want to go be in a 15 passenger van, you know, but if it gets, you know, if it feels more mine, you know, then I'll do that.
1: Um, Yeah. So you toured with Switchfoot and some other larger bands and,
2: yeah, just kind of bands that are in that area, in that genre and stuff like that.
1: I mean, are there any some, any crazy stories that you like to tell about your behind-the-scenes past to the music world?
2: Um, you know, I think my very first music video was a really great story to tell. Um, it was a band called the Alabama Shakes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, I kind of love them. Asual. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and they came to Chicago when nobody knew them. They were playing a venue called The Hideout for 300 people that night. And then I filmed them performing live in a studio. We did a big multi camera takeaway, and the record label liked it so much, they wanted to buy it and turn it into their official music video. So I think I made $300. Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) You know, it was toward the beginning of my video career. I was like, I cannot believe I get paid to make music videos (laughs) for $300. (laughs) And so um, the next time, you know, so I don't know, it was probably a month later, they had released their album and that video. And it just got millions of plays. It was in Starbucks the next week. And I was like, who was that band I just filmed? (laughs) You know, they were nobody. And then they went on to be on Saturday Night Live. And then the next time they came through Chicago, they headlined Lollapalooza. But because that video was a tool to help show the world, like, you need a tool like the video we shot, which was live, to show just how powerful, you know, that singer was. And... That's why I, I gravitate. I don't know if you noticed, but most of my music videos are all live, live performance, except for the one that I just did with her in it. I don't know if you see mm. that. She, That's awesome. She took an acting role in it.
1: I'll have to look at more. I mean, we looked I looked at a few and you know, read stuff, but my research, I couldn't fit it all in. So uh, I figured <laughs> I would just ask you yeah. questions in person.
0: <laughs>
2: well, I do want to plug it. It's called The War on Peace, um, <laughs> Fear of Loss. It's a great music video. It's the first conceptual music video I'd done. And everything up until now had been live.
0: That's excellent. So this is, of uh, Mackenzie, you're a musician also, or you play the, so this, the actress role? So this was
3: more of like a conceptual music video where we developed a storyline around their, their lyrics. Okay. And we came up with all of the locations and it had sort of this outer worldly feel to it. And so I was just the actor or the actress and the talent in the video. Nice. And, but also part of the pre-production of concepting (laughs) it with the band and with Chris. So it's,
0: it was a really cool project. Yeah. I got behind it and in it and all around it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
3: How did it go? It was, um, it, it came out really well. It was really cool to watch like, um, myself in this video, but it like I looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was a really proud moment. um, just mainly because of how hard you worked on this project, with a team of people, and seeing your work come to fruition with, yes, like, yeah, mm-hmm. with this team of people, it just makes you proud like you are part of something that's um, awesome yeah and,
2: and
0: the first of its kind coming from you guys right so how was yeah. how was that different for you Chris
2: um it was funny because um I had filmed a commercial and we tried a cool different lighting setup mm-hmm. with my my DP and and we were just trying some out of the box stuff and mm-hmm. out of the commercial we were like dude we've got to make a music video with this lighting setup and so it kind of started with like an idea of doing a cool lighting setup and someone, this band asked me to do a music video and I was like, do you, do you care what the content's about? <laughs> and they were like, nah, not really. <laughs> and I was like, well, let's just do cool looking footage and we'll do cool lighting setups and slow-mo with maybe some dancers. And mm-hmm. then, because that was the budget they had. And then right. I, 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 I went out and found some sponsors and some people to partner with us to make this music video. And then it turned into this like total, like, Concept that I had No intentions of writing I was just like what if we do this What if we do this and then it just I was like oh well here's The story might as well just film this Story very
0: cool yeah wow that Sounds fun so where do we Where do we get to see it
2: Um, The YouTubes
0: yeah you can find it on YouTube uh,
3: the war On peace not the War on drugs yeah the (laughs) war on
0: Peace peace.
3: and The video is called fear of loss Okay Cool. Lots of, lots of triangles and uh, portals
0: yeah. in that. There's, in that there's video.
2: portals to the, other world.
0: <laughs> to the other world. That sounds sounds really cool. I'm I'm excited. I don't know if we should cut right now and go watch it and you know, come back. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do it after. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it sounds so fun to, to yeah. create. So That's do you so think fun. you'll be doing doing more of this kind of work or?
2: I hope so. You know, right now we have a, a nice niche for creative relevant um. Uh, branding materials for companies mm-hmm. um kind of like commercials mm-hmm. but i think i think people are like we don't need a commercial for television we need something that is going to serve the purpose of like reaching well i guess your generation you know yeah <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. like you know why don't you come in and give us a concept and pitch us on something that seems relevant here's a budget and then go for it you know
3: Yeah, I'd like to add to that. Uh, I think it's really cool that companies come directly to artists now to get um, content that's going to fit the demographic they're going for instead of going to an agency who doesn't really have a good understanding of creativity. And the fact that creatives are being empowered in this way is like super cool. Because um, we get yeah. to concept and like we get to be the marketing department essentially and yeah, um,
0: be the tool that they use to, I guess, get their brand across to become a little bit yeah. more cut out the middleman and you become yeah. the agency. Almost. You guys have never
1: right. been yeah.
2: part of an agency? Um, no, I, not we've been like the, the people who are on staff as like the content creator and no, not to agencies. I think agencies are great. I think... I think when you make it your everyday job and, you know, it, it maybe becomes a little more difficult to like fully immerse your creative energy yeah. into it. Um, so I think that's if we ever knock agencies that's, you know, that's why. Yeah. But, you know, this is this is, you know, just us and this is just us focusing on You know, there's no other agenda except for whatever job we're working on right there and then, you know, and.
3: I mean, I have friends who work at agencies and I've worked alongside of agencies and helped out with certain content. But it's you don't get the variety that you can working for yourself. Like we get to choose our clients or they choose us. Yeah. And.
1: (laughs) I mean, does it help that you're based in Chicago? I mean. But you're based in Chicago now, not Minnesota. Yes. You're from yep.
3: Minnesota. So I moved to Chicago in two thousand fifteen. Okay. And being based in Chicago helps a whole lot working with brands because it's this whole hub for for big companies who put value into good creative content.
1: Yeah. I um do you I mean do you have work at a New York or LA most of the time, or is it most of it Chicago based or it's from anywhere and they just kind of
2: yeah. I mean, it's, I would say it's all Chicago based right now. I mean, Chicago has got, you know, Leo Burnett and some of the larger marketing agencies mm-hmm. in its big ad town, massive ad town. So, you know, you got a lot of smaller companies that, um, you know, like, I get. Gu- I guess they could go there, but they're so pricey that, you know, they just scout out younger, you know, good talent. You know, we're a, a better, more boutique, mm-hmm. you know, customized, you know. For sure. yeah. uh, accessible version or yeah.
0: yeah. It's kind of just the, the evolution of, of what's you know, how many ways the world's changing with digital technology and social media and it's like mm-hmm. just a natural evolution, I think, for artists' roles to change and stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I guess you've done a lot of traveling, right? Or just on tour buses, or you've done a lot of traveling in general um,
2: um I, I would i would say for other companies you know so mm-hmm. i had some clients that were sending me to just different states different co- parts of the country yeah
1: if you, know. you had any um interesting travel stories oh boy. or do you or what are some things that happen when you travel or how was even traveling here did you have some snafus coming to california this time or
2: snafus you know snafus are um they happen every once in a while. Uh, I think this trip's been good. Our last trip, Mackenzie's spirit flight got, like, canceled, and she had food poisoning <laughs> all in the same day. Oh, and so no. she was beat I, up, and mm. I felt bad about that, and we're just hoping that doesn't happen again. Was
0: it, Hopefully that was on the back end of the trip. Yeah. Oh, that's better than having a.
2: Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> it would have.
0: Jump into a job. I like- don't know if it could
3: have been better, better <laughs> either way with food poisoning, <laughs> but. You know, I spirit.
2: Heard. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I love traveling. I think it all kind of comes back to, you know, like I'm turning 30 and I've spent 10 years as a goal to travel. And it's not like I went all over, you know, Europe and did all these big pack backpacking things. I think I've traveled enough to know what it's like and to, to know what it's also like to lose your sense of like home.
0: Mm. And...
2: Uh, I feel like I've gotten to a place where I I miss home and I appreciate home and I'm still trying to hang on to that feeling. Um, Mm. And some people just get so, you know, traveling's tough because it's a bug, you know, and you start living very nomadically. And also you just come up with your own rules, you know, because you're going between countries where the rules change. And so you just come up with rules for yourself that you can live with, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think sometimes it's hard to feel like you fit in with normal life and normal society by traveling so much.
0: When you don't travel, you mean?
2: <laughs> Both. Oh, <okay. laughs> well, I mean, for me, I just felt like I didn't, I, I couldn't really relate to a lot of people's everyday, you know, I was like, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> in a different state all the time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to hang on to a sense of like normal, you know, ground-rooted and, and, you know, being very connected with your friends and intentional with the people that you spend time with when you're back home. Mm-hmm. You never realize how important it is to keep tabs on your buddies. Yeah. Cause you know, that that's important to do. And so
0: That's a good important thing to remember.
1: Yeah, I don't think I realized that until I was about thirty. <laughs> I did a lot of traveling, but I also left. I was went to high school here, moved all over and traveled everywhere. And then I didn't think I spoke to anyone from high school except for me one person until I came back at almost the age of thirty. Wow. And but luckily reconnected with a lot of people and realized there's a lot of great friends around. To help to, uh, we were all starting families then, so we all had a reason to kind of come yeah. back together.
2: How, how do you deal? And maybe this is a question for Mackenzie that I'll ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you deal with being mothers and traveling, doing photography, yeah. starting companies? How do, you, how do you guys deal?
0: We can all talk about this, I think.
2: Except <laughs> so for
0: me, yeah. I think that, um, you just, I think it's different for, for every single person, you know? And I think that you need to find your own balance that works for you. And again, different for, for everybody. I know it's different for me than it is for Christy and just kind of do what makes you feel good, you know? And, um, I don't know. I think people joke about balance and whether there really is such a thing, you know, with work and personal life. So, um,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I'm, I'm a, I do get a little envious at as I'm coming out of my end of my baby, my kids being babies, so I kind of have more freedom to like, so I'm discovering what I'm interested in. I wouldn't say I'm not really a jealous person, but, you know, I look at someone who's single or doesn't have kids and I'm like, oh, if I had only known then before I had that to put <laughs> the energy in the right place, or I wish I'd found this interest. Because when I was younger, I knew I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be an artist. And then I found photography. I wanted to travel, but I didn't have like a what- I guess mm-hmm. I was doing journalism thinking that helped me get places, but it's like, Oh, now I know what I want to do, but to have the balance and time. I mean, I only come in as a studio like once every four months and I shoot something and I'm happy if it comes out and then I can't come in again because it takes the other time where podcasting is my other free time, or maybe you get a chance to work out.
0: Yeah. So you're talking about <laughs> there's doing less there's stuff. no balance and my, the dishes don't get washed. Less stuff for you. It's like work, family, you know, and not in that particular order. But then like less like, oh, I'm going to just go and do this today and free time. But right. I do go
1: away. T- I do go away for trips. I've gone away for 12 days trips and, you know, as long as my my the husband, kids survive, survive. <laughs> I FaceTime and, and it's so nice to just be able to be like going in toward the band was like f- carefreeness you don't get. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that they're safe at home with grandma and their dad. So it's all good. Right.
3: And that's nice. Really having that family base uh, close by. Uh, When I moved to Chicago, I had my kid like six months after and first year I was just home. Like I didn't travel and like, cause that kid's connected to you for the first year. And so so it was kind of weird taking a break from, from traveling like every month or like three Mm -hmm. times a month just to just be in one place. And now that my daughter is like 15 months old, she's, she's able to do her own thing. And like right now she's in Minnesota with her grandma and I get to travel and I get to get work done at the studio in our, in our own studio in Chicago. And it's just, it's just wild how much of a balance you need to be, intentional about making because if you're not intentional about like the time that you want to spend getting work done or doing creative things or traveling then that time is going to be filled with like doing laundry or like like wasting time on your phone while your kid is like running around you know like for sure yeah it's you really do have to be intentional and that's like one thing that
0: i'm definitely still working on me mm-hmm. too and you know yeah, I don't know if it's something that you ever completely master, but always just, you know, daily remembrance of trying to get done what you want to get done. It's mm-hmm. important.
2: You know, I, I have something to ask. You know, mm-hmm. this is the first time I've been on a podcast with three mothers, <laughs> and this is really rare opportunity. I, I always feel kind of self-conscious that a lot of this, the advice and the tips that I'm giving are something that would be somewhat of an eye roll to parents. Um, only because of how like upfront I am about like do everything and anything you can you know to not you know to just throw yourself into it and I think it's easy for me to say because I don't have I don't have the limitations a lot of people have yeah um, so I, I guess you know you read something recently and I'm just curious to to know if you were like if you ever read stuff, maybe not so much mine or anything where you're like, well, that'd be nice, but I've got okay No,
1: I mean, and I'm also someone that's obsessed with reading like autobiographies of uh, musicians and other people that have been successful. And the same trait is kind of like recognizing that you, the advice you give at a younger age and it's not, you never, it's never, you're never too old to, to do something, you know, to throw yourself into something and be dedicated. But I, I don't get eye rolled like he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's more like, oh man, I mean, that's, that's really clear, clear and right on. And, and, you had it. your success comes from having that clear vision at such a young age. And I agree, I agreed with, you know, I was very impressed with what you had to say. And, um, so I try to take that advice and apply it where I can.
0: Yeah. The time. I think it's, it's great advice. And, um, but I, I think it is difficult for some people, you know, like, um, the word Dharma, you know, it's like, what is your duty, you know? And like, there might be, I would love to go travel the world, but it's not really like my Dharma. So I'm going to do what's right for me in my world to, you know, satisfy what I want to do in my career and and work. And also what is the right thing for my life? So, you know, a lot of things are dreamy and, but may not be, in my story for
1: I try to get moments of moments of dreaminess because I can't live life without that because you only live (laughs) once maybe right you gotta like live it really there's all kinds of dreamy yeah yeah, in my own opinion and that's why I gotta shove in
3: those moments um yeah I mean I think that taking your advice is I still want to be inspired by the things that you say like be bold and just like take risks and do do things but definitely it makes it harder when you do have a kid, like you can do those things. You just have to apply it differently in your own Mm -hmm. life. Like how can I take a risk today that, you know, I don't have to travel to California to take this risk. Maybe it's like sending an email to a company that you want to work with, but it's like the act of sending that email is taking Mm -hmm, a risk. mm -hmm. And so sometimes like for the bigger things, like traveling to California, you do have to take more steps to take risks and be bold. It's just, more of a thought process that I go through like, okay, yes, I want to do this. How am I going to make this happen? How am I going to chase my dreams, but also be a mom? And sometimes you do have to put things on the back burner because like your kids are first and like Mm -hmm. your dreams are second when you have kids. Yeah.
1: And, Well, at some point, having kids was my biggest dream. So you got to (laughs) remember, you got to remember, I mean. Right. And sometimes that is, that 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 is your dream. You feel, you know, appreciate what you have and know that that's your most important role in life Mm. when you choose to have children, I believe. they do grow
0: up and fly off. So then, you know, and I'm, my daughter's almost 13. So that's really not that far off. And then it's like, I'm going to have a lot of time to do, you know, whatever I want to do again. Um, going back to you, Chris, with that whole philosophy of like taking risks and um, like facing fear and not letting that um, hold you back. Is, is that still something like I was wondering you you went through a lot of this when you were younger and jumping into it and making things happen for yourself. But what about now? Is that is f- that fear thing? Does it come up still? Like, where do you experience that? Like,
2: Yeah, I think. The older I get, the more I'm faced with the reality um, of just, you know, priorities changing. And but I think the the theme and the backbone of my message is not holding back uh, because of fear. You know, because you're afraid to do something. And I'd love to use this uh, example the other day um, <laughs> that happened <laughs> in Logan. Example. So. You know, like Mackenzie took guy. her bicycle into the bicycle shop next to our office. And <laughs> this guy, she, she she was just like, all right, so I just want to get this fixed up. I just want to ride it for the summer. And she's not an <laughs> avid rider, but this dude fixes bikes for people who live on their bikes, right? So okay. he's like, this bike's not your size. This, you yeah. know, this this isn't, you know, I don't I don't even know. You should probably trade this in to get a bigger bike. And she's like, oh, do you mm-hmm. trade in bikes, you know? And so it was like, we just want to fix it up to ride it, man. Yeah. You know? So she, he quotes, you know, 50 bucks, we, and we walk out. She's like, all right, uh, well, I'll, I'll reconsider it. And then we stand outside. I was like, do you just want to get this fixed up and ride it around? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, just go get it fixed. And she's like, but I can't go back in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> and so we have this whole, like, really soft-spoken conversation outside. She's like, I just can't go back into places that I've left. And it was kind of like a negotiation, and she was just kind of like, "Eh, a yeah, like, I'll come General back later."
3: Anxiety thing, yeah, yeah.
2: So she was expressing her anxiety, her social anxiety about it, and I was like, "Would it help if I walked your bicycle in?" Then would you? Yeah. And she was like, "In that case, I would." <laughs> and so we went back in, and so there's just like a fear that I don't have uh, about social you know, and anxiety or, you know, new people or whatever that I realized some people may have a different challenge than that. And so I've, I've had no problem, you know, me walking into, you know, a fearless situation, but in addition, like grabbing some other people and walking into a fearless situation together. So yeah. I think that's kind of, um, I think that the question is, you know, do I still face fear, uh, in the same way now as I did in my, my like. Young, you know, 20s, -hmm. early 20s and stuff. And it's, I do, I do a little more with thinking. I think about it a little more and I, and I process a little more of like, why am I doing what am I doing? And, and when you start making a lot of, you know, fearless moves, you, you, um, you can get yourself wrapped up in a lot of stuff. So I think it's good to make fearless decisions and to be bold about what you do. But I just been trying to be more you know, logical about the things. <laughs> I go into. It
1: sounds like, I mean, you're kind of coming at from the opposite end of like, you would do a lot more fearless things and I get to know how to look at me. more thoughtful about this and rein it in. And then I'm coming at it. If I have fears from the opposite side where it's like, mm. I can think of reasons to be fearful of so many reasons. I'd be like, okay, is that fear really that makes sense? Where's it coming from? Okay. I need to just push past it. It's like an opposite direction.
2: Yeah. Well, I think maybe the opposite's happening to us. You know, at the beginning, I it was just me. It was solo and I uh, could make any reckless decision I could want or bold, you know, and it was me. But now I work with a team and now I have an office space. And so now I can't just get up and leave for a couple months. You know, I, I have a few more responsibilities because I wanted to grow in a way that I thought was um, the right way for my company and for all of us. And so I just, I, I make bold moves, but I'm like, is this, (laughs) is this for the greater good of what we want to accomplish here? You know,
0: have you ever had to take a job that, um, you didn't really want to take or.
2: Um, if I ever take a job that I'm on the borderline, I find a way to make it exciting for me or else I don't, or else I know that it will kill me and I don't. That's great. Yeah. I just, I know my limits at this point and I'm like, you know what,
0: (laughs) If you
2: can pay me this amount, then that can afford me this piece of equipment. And I would love to shoot it on that and have this experience.
0: So if someone wanted you to shoot like um, pencils (laughs) for $5 billion.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the thing is like, let's say somebody wants me to shoot something that I'm not excited about. And you throw a lot of people are like, I'm just going to throw out this number. And if they do it, I'll be happy. (laughs) I'll do it for, you know, $5,000. But if they're going to pay $1,500, I'm not doing it, you know? And so you can be like, I'm going to take that $5,000. I'm going to be happy because I'm getting paid more, but that still doesn't make me happy that I'm making more. What makes me happy is being like, all right, now I got a budget. I can buy some, or I can rent some equipment to shoot this in a way I haven't shot anything before and let's go for it. You know, so for me, it's about restructuring the inspiration behind the, the job that may be not very inspiring.
0: That's you know? good advice. I like,
1: I mean, I like you always move forward, but I like how you're always creatively pushing yourself or, um, that's one of the things I've had fear of. I mean, I fear of, you know, equipment. I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, but F- fear of podcasting, you know, learning, yeah. learning new technologies. And so when it comes to lighting, it's like, I've just recently been like, like everything I've shot or I post on Instagram is the only things I've shot with lighting in last year. And I'm like, oh, I just made it up. I just tried, just go for it. And wow, it actually, I mean, you can learn let be less fearful of just trying um, different ideas because why am I afraid
3: of that? Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate yeah. to that in a sense of maybe just sticking to the same things because you know they work and not necessarily creatively pushing yourself. But like, I mean, whenever our team is like around Chris, he's just like emanating this. Mm-hmm persona of oh, <laughs> no I mean like he does push everyone around him to push themselves creatively or step into things that they haven't tried before because maybe they're good at them or like maybe they will yeah they'll grow that. um Riley actually just got into video and video editing and um, coming from an audio background and it's like when Chris was nice. explaining how to edit video to him it kind of clicked in a way that he and I mean maybe I'm just speaking for him but like I remember when when he was teaching video to Riley it clicked in the same way because he's done like video mm-hmm, yeah. like awesome. audio sorry
2: and that um, was similar. the cut paper. cutting yeah. and
3: yeah stuff yeah. Um, but like just, <coughs> creatively pushing yourself always to like, try something new that you're good at because you're creative. You can not only do photography, you can maybe do video. You can, you can maybe try audio and lighting. Like they're all a part of the same thing that you'll eventually need to know about and learn if you want to like grow, but you just have to push yourself.
1: I'm hoping that this,
3: well, Teresa and I've been planning on doing video for a long time. Um,
1: and we keep pushing it too, off probably. too long. We've been talking time about f- it for too long. Time and fear. Um, I actually, I'd studied film. It was, went to film school first and that was always my plan, but it was back in the days before I was, I had the equipment at my fingertips. So yeah. So anyways, so hopefully this like learning the audio through this will make me less fearful of the video which would be like the next yeah I'm inspired
0: step. actually by you mm-hmm. and like be- wanting to become a photographer and photographing bands and stuff and and then just deciding oh I'm gonna learn how to do video and then just taking off I mean like a rocket
2: I gotta say it was a total accident that I got into video I bought a new icon and it had a video feature on there and I was like oh dude I'm gonna try to shoot <laughs> video on my new camera yeah. so I was <laughs> like this this version of camera that I wanted was three hundred dollars more and it, you know and it the benefit was that it came with video. So I was like, I got to test it out. Yeah. I tested it out on some band and I made my first music video and then boom, it's... career birthed in video, you know? So if you don't, you know, like this gentleman in here, like he's already jumping into like color software for video. And I'm like, I I'm sorry. I, that's something I don't <laughs> touch because, you know, but like, he's very ambitious in that, in that realm. And like, we can't all be 100 in every field, no, you know? I've,
1: um, yeah, I've shot a lot of conferences with some inspirational speakers from business world, and a lot of times they say it's it's knowing who to surround yourself by, who can do the, and knowing where your weaknesses are, and finding the right people to, you know, fill that spot for you, so you can mm-hmm. focus on what you're best at. So it sounds like you got that down too. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I I definitely feel like I can spot talent, and I can see when talent is either being utilized or underutilized. Treated well mm. or underpaid, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've been in I've been in the corporate setting where I'm the um, very well paid content creator, mm-hmm. and then I've been on the other side where I'm freelance and I'm picking up scraps, but yeah. I'm creating content <laughs> worth ten thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> yeah. And you're just you know understanding the value of our time as a creative, our you know value as. You know, I, that's what I've gathered over the last mm-hmm. couple of years is what is, what we're, what are we worth, you know? And what's that value worth in fighting for um, a good value for a team instead of just one person, you know, fighting for other people.
0: That's amazing knowledge to have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you I are very inspirational. Um, you should be doing a lot more talks like this. Maybe this is more
0: podcasts.
2: <laughs> I, lo- I love talking.
0: <laughs> Maybe just a couple more questions. So we are <laughs> yeah. talking about fear and- kind of using that in one way to, you know, to get new clients and to get new jobs and and all of that stuff and not be afraid to put yourself out there. But what about like creatively? Cause you're constantly producing and you produce maybe for the same clients or, or musicians over and over. And do you ever like become afraid that you, um, you know, you're not feeling it. Like, what if you're not feeling it on a certain day or you're just not sure if that idea is going to work or is good enough?
2: Yeah, I think, and this happened, this has happened very recently. I think there's there's jobs where you're like, how the heck am I supposed to make this look cool? Mm-hmm. You're just like, the client sends you into somewhere somewhere and they're like, all right, shoot this with this, and um, it's for this commercial, and it's gotta have this ad or this vibe, and and um, you're you hit a wall sometimes, and for me, that's why I'm surrounded with other creative people, is mm-hmm. I could look to them and just be honest, be like, I'm burnt <laughs> out, like I I have this idea. <laughs> do you have something to add on it? Because if, for me, like if I can't get the fire started, I can, I can catch fire off of someone else's yeah. spark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. I do something called, um, what, all right, let me suggest the book, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, big magic.
1: Her recent book,
2: yeah. big magic,
1: it's Living big magic.
2: Here. She's yeah. one
1: of the speakers I saw recently. Oh, she's ridiculous. Changed my Thought of fear, by
2: the way. So. Yeah, she's she's fantastic, and um, there's this other one by the. She's
0: got some crazy the dancer,
2: stories. the dancer book. I'll have to look it up. But she was, you know, Elizabeth. Thing is, like, if you're not feeling it, like, are you drawing it in? Are you doing anything to like draw creativity to you? And so she says, whenever she's getting writing writer's block, she'll dress up, she'll put <laughs> makeup on, she'll like create a date and expect, you know, creativity to show up. And I, I think that's how I, I look at creativity is like, I, I better be ready for it. And um, there's another, there's another um, book that I'm forgetting right now, the creative habit. Mm. Um, That one is fantastic. And it's very similar in the sense of like being ready for creativity. And um, um, one of my favorite things that she said, hold on. I got to, I got to think about it. Okay. So this author suggests something called scratching and it's basically searching for that idea Mm -hmm. and whether it's um, walking outside with a notepad, whether it's doing something that you enjoy, but intentionally um, getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of whatever your funk and making an effort to go like do something and look for that spark. We're not looking for the whole fire. We're not, you know, we're looking for a spark to help, you know, fuel the creative, you know, and I think we sometimes quit before we ever get out there and yeah. like put our, you know, backpack on mm-hmm. our shoes and go on the search for yeah. creativity. We just kind of just get overwhelmed and we just shut down. And we don't do it, you know. Right. So I think for me, what I realized is if I can just commit to making that one step of effort of looking for a spark, I know that the rest will come. You know, so in my personal creativity, that's where I've, I don't give up. You can't, like, I can't quit. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm probably on the line for too much money. I just can't, you know, like (laughs) I've just grown this like thing where I refuse to quit on a project, but I will always commit to finding the next step and knowing that the next step is going to kind of lead the way uh, to the completion of the project so that's awesome
1: I like that it was, you don't know, may not start the fire but you'll catch the spark yeah
0: I think it's important <laughs> for creatives to constantly kind of exercise that you know because I feel like you it's easy to get in a slump mm-hmm. and that you you need to do those warm-ups I know I need right. to at least yeah. do a little yeah. bit more of that searching
3: yeah I definitely um I definitely was in a slump like just six months ago like You have creative people, like as a creative, you are, um, so when I had a baby, but also winter in the Midwest can take a toll on creatives. Like, like you just really, you can't get outside and create because Mm. there's like too much snow. Yeah. Too much snow. Too cold. But also on another note, like being surrounded by so many creative people, you can sometimes like talk yourself down like, oh, they're so much better than me. Like, their ideas are so much better. Like, I shouldn't even try because, like, it's not, it's a dumb idea. But it's like, you don't know if your idea is dumb unless you try your idea. So it's like, you have to take that step of, of that idea, that little spark that comes to you and... To figure out whether your idea is shitty or not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean,
2: tell them what Michael Jordan said. Tell them what Michael Jordan said.
3: <laughs> Michael Jordan just said. He said, "Wait, <laughs> Nike." Nike. Oh. <laughs> you missed
2: 100% of the shots you don't take.
3: Oh, I thought we were talking about just do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. Basketball references. I just
2: been, I've just been throwing that one out. I
3: like that. I like those but yeah, nuggets. It just goes to say, like, you don't know if you're going to make something good if you give up before you even try, you know? Yes. That's excellent. So.
1: Um, like Elizabeth Gilbert said... which I I think is might be in her book is take that fear and bring it along with you. Just put it in the back seat. Mm. You can, you do the drive-in. So you could be here, but I'm doing the driving, Mm -hmm. which I've taken with me since she said that. And I saw her, what do you do when you're down? You have downtime and what's like something you like to do.
2: I don't have downtime.
1: You don't like watch a TV show or
2: (laughs) that's, I mean, that's like occupying yourself from traveling from one place to the next, you know, for me, um, I, th- or like trying to fall asleep, you, you know, read book? you read books. Yeah, I read, I read books. I mean, it's been a while. I've been moving a lot of places. So like half my stuff's out here in a storage unit, half's in Chicago. And I'm just moving into a new apartment now. Here's the setup right now is we have an office in, in the heart of Logan square. And it's this super cool vintage fifties like oh. vibe. And, um, I'm in there from probably 10 to 10 just about six days nice. <laughs> right now. It's because it's the only place that has AC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's just, I, I invested in, a you know, a monthly rental of an office and I just feel like being there and nothing makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing more than like focusing on my work. And so I find joy in my work, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I feel like it's the complete opposite where I'm like, this is sucking the life out of me. What am I doing in this room? You know, but then I'm like, everything that is in me is placed in these projects and you can see it and you can feel it and you can um, take it out of whatever I'm producing and delivering to a client, you know? So at the end of the day, when I, when I send, you know, my video, the final Dropbox file, it's just like, it's, it's just like, this is what I'm here for, you know? And I, I feel really good, but there's not a seeking out the best hamburgers. I don't know. In Chicago, <laughs> like that's my pastime. Yeah.
3: Well,
2: um, tacos. Tacos. Yeah. I mean, I that's like food. Today.
3: Just food adventures in general. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> what do we do in our pastime? I mean, we eat food. Chicago's the <laughs> best place to find all the, all the cool spots. Yeah. Um, there's this There's this burger and fry joint just like a block away from the studio and they have dangerous, different seasonings, (laughs) different dips for your fries. They have poutine. Do you guys know what poutine is? You're talking
2: about small fry? I'm
3: talking about small fry. What is poutine? Poutine. Let me tell you, it's a Canadian, it's a Canadian thing and it's French fries, cheese curds and gravy. On top of the fries. On top of the fries. And that's a
1: a poutine burger
3: or poutine? (laughs) No, it's just like a a side. It's something you eat. I don't even know. Taco
0: salad, cheese curd. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think we have cheese curd. (laughs) Deep fried cheese. Wisconsin cheese curd. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot of good food here, too. So hopefully you guys. Eat. Fish, yeah. Dollar
2: fish. dollar fish tacos on the Birmingham. Say fish
3: tacos. At- oh, you guys know about that place. Oh, Valero, good. yeah, Good, good, good. Yeah. I had yeah. it for my first time last um, night and nice. it was out of this world. I've never been there before. At the
0: Valero? Um, maybe I've brought yeah. it for us. Yeah. Gas station taco shop. Yeah. Yeah. Good Can't so. miss it. So um, the last picture is the name of our podcast so uh, if I ask you what your last picture was, what, what comes to mind? Your favorite, your worst, your most memorable for each of you? So, like the last picture that we took? Yeah, something that comes to mind when I say that. Was it the last
3: um, image that you,
0: you took? It was probably or? the last image that
3: I edited. And it was of this girl that it was actually our last project that we did just a couple weeks ago for a company. And she was in Chicago and it was in this really cool Americana rustic um, venue. Um, Actually, this guy's place he lives there, but we used it as one of the locations in Chicago. In Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We used it as one of the locations for this shoot. And I took a photo of. This girl, Olivia Latimer, another photographer from Portland, nice. um, also a vlogger. But yeah, she's sitting on this stool and like looking out the window and just, it's
0: it's a really cool photo. So last photo I edited. Cool. Awesome. We post that in the show notes.
2: Oh, you're going to post this one, right?
0: Yeah. We, if, if it's okay. Right, it can be. You have to post it. Your yeah. last Instagram picture or... I don't know, something that even inspired you that you...
2: All right, let me think. It's been a while since I've had, like, a camera in my hand um, because I- I've been doing a lot of direct... I've been doing a lot of directing lately. So mm-hmm. when you do that, your head is just more of like, is this is this operation running? Okay. <laughs> you know, is, is everybody like, in the right place versus, yeah. like, is this friend upright? right? Yeah. You know, um... So I I would say the last photo that I felt like I was actually a photographer and I was really taking some good photos was um, when I had my Hasselblad, uh, which I recently sold and part of me Mm. was sold with it, I think.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) So
2: sad about it. But um, there was something about the intentionality of setting up that shot Of shooting it on film, on running it over to North Coast photo processing. Yes. Getting my scan, you know, the (laughs) next day or the, the same day. And just being like, I created this photo. Yes. And um I think that those those photos were the last times that I really thought very hard about what I was shooting. Um, you know, in the most most recent times, everything's been directing video. But I will say um, or I'd like to encourage people to shoot film. Just, um, if you're feeling like you're in a rut, if you feel like you're shooting the same thing, if you feel like you want to experience, uh, why, why care about ISO? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, here's the deal is when I started getting into film, I got a, a ton of flack from older people who were in the career. who's was like, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, Dude, I grew up with that. Yeah. And it's like, well, you got to realize this: none of us grew up with that. Mm -hmm. And so we're finding it and we're just like, whoa, okay, let's throw some limitations on, you know, photography and let's focus on the art of taking a good photo. And though it may seem like a um, trend that's happening, it's one that I embrace because I think it's teaching people a lot about how to take an actual good photo. I think people need to realize um, that, you know, when you ask me what digital camera (laughs) You want, you should buy. It's like, I I don't know, man. They just, they all do the same thing with different silly goofy features that Mm -hmm. you have to pay more money for to not get, Yeah. (laughs) you know what I mean? You got to pay more money to not get the silly features. (laughs) And it's just like, just buy film camera, just buy film camera, learn on film, and then um, understand why an ISO is important. You know,
0: it's been a while since I've shot film, but I probably should well so f- yeah i mean i'm
1: glad i grew up shooting film so I, and i learned you know my limitations of i had my 100 iso and i was stuck with it and then 400 or you'd push your 400 to be 800 and and stuff but we've we've taught some basic photography workshops here mm-hmm. it's really hard to get people to wrap their mind around your iso is one of the controls now they're like but you can change it but you can't change it and we're like oh don't want to change it. You kind of want to, you know, with just this whole extra element that they are realizing they're not understanding the concept
0: too. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to have done both. And to, I, I think it's cool that, that it's film is not dead, right? That people are still, <laughs> people are still shooting it and people are still making it and processing it. Thank goodness.
2: Uh, I was just going to say that was scratching for me. That was me feeling like okay. I was in a rut yeah. and um, learning um, a totally different format of photography. And I guess the biggest thing that I, I want to encourage people is to don't limit yourself to one camera. Don't limit yourself to one lens. Don't even limit yourself to one format. Don't limit yourself to photography. If you should be a filmmaker, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's so many different medias and ways to capture images. Um, and just don't let it all be for the glory of Instagram, you know. Yeah, <laughs> shoot yeah. for yourself, and shoot for, um, you know, just shoot for what makes you happy, and, and not because you you think that that's a popular um, Trend look or, or look mm-hmm. to your images, and you know, just strive for authenticity, and and just don't don't keep tabs on what other people are doing, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Heart easier said than done <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a good uh, yeah. good strategy
1: um, thank you so much you guys for all being here it's been yeah thank you for having us this has been fun this is really has been very uh, inspirational to me and you gave a lot of good advice and maybe my life is going to be changed from here on out I hope so maybe I'll be doing videos actually. maybe that fear of trying it's going to
2: yeah you might be meant to be a filmmaker you that could
3: well, be a little scratching got exercise I, maybe, I, all gotta was, do is press record I've had a
1: dream
0: of making a good documentary someday, so I probably should do it. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for coming down. Thank you, Mackenzie. It was, it was super great having you guys here. It was really fun.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to come back. Uh, I hope you, you do. Just us back. Yeah.
0: See you in Chicago,
2: maybe. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you know, know
3: what? Maybe we will. I've been inspired to start a podcast, and you guys could you know, like <laughs> come so and be good. on our podcast. Yeah. Oh, we like- would love that we have our own personal audio guy here and uh, yeah, you're set Yeah, are
1: set <laughs> you're ready to go you guys yeah, it would be whatever great. whatever we
2: need a big photo shoot a big video shoot a uh, podcast we got the crew for it yeah. yeah
3: no
0: kidding and thanks to Riley for checking out all of our settings here <laughs> probably this will be our best sounding uh, episode maybe I yeah. hope so
2: and if not it's his fault
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, have fun at the bro-am
2: alright play sure. the eggs of music
0: yeah <laughs>
3: go and dance party